Gentlemen, start your engine! Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotler. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry, boy, look at the technical goodies. Radio Hotler. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. Well, 
the cut lettuce. Relaxed. And they're right. relaxing and nicely. More but before we get they're smelling it. so good. I mean, you know, I'm getting nearly as bad as the dog is. So, so anyway, I'm still on the uh, light at the moment. Uh, encased. Proudly. Proudly encased, in fact, in the uh, echo holder that we got from the Royal Hotel at Carcor when we went over for the, uh, t- for the 12 hour on the way to Bathurst. And, and I think you can even sort of just sort of diagrammatically see where we sat out the front there. You can. Having a lovely roast. That mm. the, the, the Fogwar well, wasn't sure immediately whether he needed the concept of pork. He did. Suddenly loved it. Absolutely loved it. Well, this was very good. Yes, <laughs> if you were here, dogs viewers, is licking the lips. The dogs are sitting on oh, the side of her, her special chair, just eyeing the lamb lollipops. Okay, so here's the deal, JP. Yep, I'm actually having a uh, a tall bro- tall boys, tall boys, uh, tall okay. boys Shiraz. Oh, listen to it! Oh, <laughs> dogs, a tall boys Shiraz, and where's that from? It's um, it's from McLaren Vale. Another McLaren Vale. I, um, I have been uh, learned this afternoon to believe that it's actually a, quite a high-end Penny's Hill brand with the oh, uh, right. the okay. orange dot. The old that, Parco. Uh, the old, <laughs> Penny's Hill. She he who organises the Lobethal Grand Carnival. Went up to Richard Gunner's feast this afternoon <laughs> and <laughs> grabbed... Grab these lollipops. Grab these six little uh, cutlettos because uh, last week, mate, I succumbed to the pressure within to buy a new uh, Weber, a Baby Q. Baby Q. Look, why don't, Deluxe, why don't you have, have a thinny to start yeah, with? Have, that's mate, a good and idea. And I'll tell you the story. Just, about uh, excuse the, us, uh, viewers. Uh, we're eating again while we're on air, but mm, they're very looking, mm, looking like they I need I did those on. with some of that Japanese um, sesame. Mmm. Oh, very deluxe, eh, A little bit of a nostra. Mm. Got to have the nostra. A little one, and um, some, you know, Murray Valley, Murray River sea salt. Mm. And, and, and pretty much that was it. So it's yep. 100% South mm. Australian product, except for the Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> and the made in China plate. <laughs> but, mm. viewers, we're lucky. We are. We There's have a, a sausage dog that can actually be fed. Here the you go, bones. Ross. Fed a cooked bone. This dog. Yep. Off you go. She, she Off goes. you go. You can give She's her a away. cooked bone and she'll munch it down and and leave it. And leave it. She won't leave any of it. That's, that's the, that is the official sounding of the rusty sausage crunching. A bone. On the bone front. Oh, they are good. They are good. So, always important to leave your messed. <coughs> messed. Messed. What am I on about tonight? Messed up. You know, I went and got a haircut this afternoon and they, they ply you with wine up there. So, <laughs> so I think that I'm getting it. I'm, well, I don't know. Mind you, for the price of the haircut, you should get a carton. Carton? <laughs> what a carton. Of wine, I mean. 
Well, they are super deluxe, Johnny. Bought the uh, before we get on the motorsport uh, the stories. Mm. The uh, the Weber baby. So the Weber baby. Yeah, how Remember was we, the buying experience? I went down the road there, and I went. I've got to get one, and I went down with Ash because he's, he's in the mm-hmm. car. Took him down to introduce him. To well, he bought his Weber from that same place. Oh, I thought he bought that one out. Remember, on the other side of town, we went out with him once in the end. No, I thought it was the McGill Road place. Perhaps. Anyway, I went in, and the lady said, "Can I help you?" And I said, "I'd like, I'd like a Weber Baby Q, please, just a basic model. This is all I need. Thanks very much. It's exactly all it is. Thank you." Anyway, and she sort of yes, took me over and said. The one here with the trolley? I said, no, I don't want the trolley. I don't want the stand. I don't want any of the accessories. I want the baby Q unit with just El Plano, 20, what is it, $2,995,000. <laughs> $2,99. Yeah, change hands. So, um, out she came. Um, significant rooting around out in the warehouse department. And, and with a non-friendly smile, which meant no smile, and said... Look, we only have the basic unit without the sign. So I went, you have me fucking listening, have you, stupid? <laughs> that's what I asked for, you silly woman. And, and we've only got one left. I said, that's fine, I'll take it. Yeah. Anyway, so she said, that's fine. So she put it through the cash register and I gave her the money and that was the end of it. Oh, I bought a few little extra drip trays. So I'm standing there and she's not talking to me and nothing's happening. And I said, the barbecue? And she looks at me and goes, oh, the guy's got it out the, out the, uh, the car park. Waiting for you. Oh, oh thank you. I, nice I really you understood that. <laughs> uh, you're fucking useless. What are you doing in this retail business? Get away. You're an annoyance. <laughs> the product is great. It is. They are great barbecues. There's no doubt about it. Time for and another chop. Three motorsport. Chocolates are just oh, sensational. <laughs> Actually, you... I'm looking at this one. You, when you were opening a supermarket down the southeast, I you did. actually came across this for the first time. I it's, did. It was at the same with, unit? It was exactly the same unit with the rep from Weber, the Victorian rep, whose name now escapes me, but he's a very, very nice bloke. And we'd had a couple of wines and we had a chat, and he actually took me out to his car, cranked up the baby queue, put a couple of these little lollipops on and went, there you go, try those. His family was in... Um I remember you telling me his family was, apparently was in Springwater business as well. There was the name um, Vettel. Vettel. Sebastian. <laughs> you idiot. Mmm. They're mm. good. No. Oh, you hear that crunch, viewers? Oh, look, it's definitely mm. crunching out now. Mm. Go on, JP. Um, <clears throat> I was just going to say, while well, we're talking Sebastian Vettel... We could actually get on with a bit of Formula One, Goss. Now we haven't actually touched on the fact that uh, about the last round in China, but me old mate. As a result, me old China of um, of what went on there, Button winning again, which was great. Um, I noticed that this week Braun's come out and um, said that sorry, the Mercedes is all screwed up. Um, Schumacher couldn't go any better than he did. So where did he end up? Uh, 10, yeah. Um, because he the was, car... He was as short as Virgin was with their fuel tank. <laughs> True. But apparently the problem with the car, the Mercedes, was <laughs> that the wheelbase 
precludes the balance to the extent that um, he couldn't get the rear grippy enough um, and uh, so they're going to implement some major revamp type changes. But Nico could. I know, but nevertheless. So what's the story, mate? Who knows, but the updates are going. But Braun said we got the weight distribution wrong. What, for her? His nose? His German stature? The introduction of narrower front tyres led them to miscalculate their car's weight distribution. The tyres changed quite a bit, and we didn't have the opportunity to test them. So, blah de blah de blah So they got a modification of the car at Barcelona, which they hope will give them a better range for the weight distribution that we can achieve. So they're also hoping that uh, the changes will improve Michael's fortunes, obviously, who has so far struggled on his return to Formula 1. It sounds like a fair lend of a story there. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's the same for Nicker. It He's is working true. well with it. Oh, granted. But Michael coming in with it, with you know, having three years off, yeah, could be struggling with some of the engineering well, sure sides of things. I'm sure he's struggling with the whole fact that you know, and he's doing with his, his head time over it and probably trying yeah. a little bit too, too hard. hard. Yeah, um, hasn't helped that there's been some fairly unusual weather conditions, which have been great mm. for the fans, but not necessarily for him. Mm. Um, perhaps some and look, I think it was, all, I, I, it was I, always going to take him a while to get back in the groove. Yeah, exactly. He's been away, not, and everything's changed so and much. And I'm not buying. I'm just not buying that. Um, you know, and then there, there I'm was not buying of, into that argument that suddenly he's got useless or whatever. No, I'm not. I, I think uh, that's absolutely just that that's that's complete rubbish mm. too. But the fact of the matter, it, it comes down to that he just hasn't been able to quite adapt to the to that um, the new stock. It's going off. I tell you, viewers, a dog that you can feed a cooked bone to, which you should never really do, that just has a little bit of a munch and leaves it, because they know there's always another one, <laughs> is uh, a rare breed of dog indeed. And she's definitely crunching them up that small that they're not going to make any difference. So, yeah, so um, they reckon that apart from the wheelbase changes, uh, there will be a raft of aero changes as well. Uh, and they'll be introduced um, on May 9th at uh, Catalonia. So uh, when the Barcelona round of F1's on. Well, it would have been an interesting time for everyone to try to get back from from uh, from Europe with uh, the yeah. uh, the unpronounceable volcano blowing up a couple of weeks ago and pretty much ruining all the profits well, that the, uh, the aviation industry had restored since mm. the uh, se- September. GFC. And the no, not the GFC, the, the, the 9-11. Well, first there was 9-11, then there was the GFC. In fact, so, you know. But, um, excuse me, sorry. Bravo, dogs. That's oh, it. Oh, that's oh dear, get that. That was, that was the full-on Jack's biscuit. Yeah. I'd have the next one because it's starting to... Mm. Oh. You go first. They you are go. super deluxe. I think need that one this one here? Yeah, you reckon yeah. I need that one? That ruins Ooh. mate, around your dinner. Ooh. Ooh. Um, yeah, and then in fact it, it busted the, uh, like uh, airspace since the world since World War Two. But there's some great stories about people getting home to the Trans Siberian Rail. I mean, I wouldn't mind a bit. They did a, in Europe. They were uh, using a all sorts of, of methods Marie. to get there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> North by northwest. Mm. 
there was people jumping on the Orient Express and all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Driving across Europe. The old road to Cairo. To get to Spain, because apparently Spain, apart from about two days, Spain was largely unaffected. So people were driving right the way across Europe to Spain and then uh, getting flights out from there. Marrakesh. Look. Did you know we're riding on the Marrakesh Express? Um, I'm sorry to go on about these things, but... Is that one of the deluxe arrival moment you've had for a while? Absolutely superb. On that, Barb. Mm. Dogs, don't give it that. The Weber Q is definitely the only way to cook these little babies. So, yeah, a lot of teams, most of the teams, I think, didn't get out until, and drivers, etc., didn't get out or didn't get back in the UK until Thursday, Friday last week. So, severely cut their prep time. Well, in some respects, it was the perf- It was very lucky, let's say, that they had a three-week gap between yeah. Spain and uh, and the Chinese Grand Prix. So the impact was pretty minimal. It was at the end of their flyaway cycle mm. where they were going to do their upgrades. In some cases, it may be detrimental for for a few people. But I'm just seeing that like BMW are, are right behind um, BMW. Mm. Well, who, hang on, who is behind it? Uh, Williams. So it's, it's, it's hard to forget exactly what the relationship, remember what the relationships are, especially after Sauber said, look, we don't want the BMW moniker anymore involved with our brand, and, and they were running the risk of losing their um, travel entitlements by changing that. Um, but nonetheless, all the rest of the teams agreed to it just be called Sauber, and they've gone on to endure the, the worst start to their season since their entry into Formula 1. But Williams are, are, are not the first person to put their hand up and say, look, we sort of start to think about we'd like Kurz to come back in. Mm. Well, there's been a few teams talking about Kurz for next season. And, I mean, let's face it, the whole uh, electric car and the hybrid concepts and all that that are coming out now, quite a few of those are actually making use of but, but It's about making overtaking a spectacle. And, and it is. We, we, we can clearly see when the weather goes belly shape. Yep. Uh, pear shape? Pear shape? Pear up? Pear up. Pear down. Pear up. Belly up. You know what I mean. When the weather goes belly oh, up. I know what you mean. Rust yep. knows what you mean. Um, it gets interesting. But, you know, suddenly we go to circuits like Hungaro Ring. Um, in Hungary, where there are very constant radius corners, and, and despite a, quite an interesting layout, um, not a lot of very taking op- opportunities. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So it's a bit of you know, it's fuel, tire, and in now Kurz strategy. Mm. So no, I think Kurz will come back next season. I think it'd be good. Well, certainly, be an, hopefully it'll be an option for Kurs to come back at least and do that and so that they can actually have the extra power. Let's just so, hope it doesn't end up being the Kurs of 2011. Oh. <laughs> well, that was bad. Well, now, I see that F1... wasn't bad as the chops. No, no, the chops were sensational. Um, I see they reckon that... Um, Good old Murray. Formula One. Sally me. Talking about your uh, US, bad US accent at the beginning of the show... Um, which we weren't talking about, but I will anyway, and use it as a segue. Um, Indianapolis are uh, trying to grab an F1 race again. Apparently Bernie's had... um, Short memory, the Americans. (laughs) 
the Americans, uh, Tony George and uh, the US promoter Zach Brown have uh, had talks with Bernie and um, it's uh, interesting, George apparently uh, stepped down from his role as the chief of the Brickyard. Tony George to you, not just George. It's not George, Senator George George <coughs> or Boutros Boutros Garley. Hmm. You know, no, it's not. be respectful. Right. You can't call him George. <laughs> George Medici. No, Tony George. It's a surname. Oh, so you can, as a surname, you can just call him George. But, but I'm just Just saying. pretend you're back at school. Can't call him Boutros. Bueller, George. <laughs> and so anyway, apparently the big stumbling block for Indianapolis to return to Formula One is money, of course. Because Indy's got the venue part solved, they reckon. But if you can get the financial bits in place, um, they've got to get everybody to contribute. And that includes Formula One, the team, sponsors, television partners, and the rights promoter. And as long as they all throw in money in the pot, they reckon that they can get it done. And Zach Brown reckons that it's not a lot of money to come up with. So we'll wait and see how that pans out. Sounds good to me. Mate, I'd, I'd have a bit of a chat about V8 supercars, but I, I think that everyone else has talked about it. You know, there's there's a bunch of people coming to Super Carnivale, which is now actually the name of the entire event, as opposed to the race, which I think is called the Indy 600 or something like that. And no, they've reduced, just changed the name. Reduced, yeah, hot news viewers. What news? Of the race. Well, they, they... Yep, because what they've done is um, they've actually changed the name from... It's going to be uh, Armoral now um, because they've swapped the naming rights sponsorship of Townsville. Oh, the Armoral Gold Coast. Coast 600 is the yep. race. Yep. That, that general manager Shane Howard, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yep. But the overall... Complete event still called Super Carnival, Indy Super Carnival. I thought Carnival. they dropped the Super Carnival. No, no, we well, the, so did I. But they said, look, the entire event is still called Super Carnival, and in fact, it was the Gold Coast Six Hundred. Yep. And now, you see, JP, without knowing, also unknowingly, <laughs> you've introduced the new sponsor, the Armour Oil. Armour all. Armour all. Not oil. Armour oil. <laughs> it's not oil. <laughs> oil. And the reason that Armour all has swapped the naming rights sponsorship of uh, the Townsville oily. event is because the new Sucrogen, which is what the uh, um, CSR, Sugar. CSR Sugar has the been renamed behind. to. Um, the people ethanol. behind the name behind ethanol. Ethanol, that's right. Which they have basically themselves. They have basically taken up the sponsorship of the Townsville event, which will now be called the Sucrogen Townsville Four Hundred, and Armoral have gone to Indy. And everyone will be having a shitty coast, coffee in the morning. Yeah, full of Sucrogen. That well, I mean, it. it's Crapsville, isn't it? I mean, I, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like and how it would you like twenty five percent? Excise put on your cigarettes overnight. Well, that's you know, that's just one of that's just one of the things. But isn't it funny? How, but how can they do it at such short notice? Well, that's exactly right. And we, for all the poor people working in the political schools. bitching session, mm. how do they do that? You know, go. Oh, yeah. we're doing this, but we'll be introducing that in a June one, twenty fifteen. Yeah. But like, hello, I'm going to do this tonight. Yeah. You've got twelve hours notice. Change all the prices on every packet. Yeah, yeah, and and monitor for for blitz buying because mm. if we see blitz buying, there'll be. I mean, 
Get out of here. Of course they'll be blitzed by... They're going to lose the election over Every this. man in his they dog will lose the election queuing in the smoke mouth right now. They will lose the election over this because of between, between the, the ETS, Emission Trading Scheme mm-hmm. dumpage, the uh, cancellation of so many childcare centres... Yes. ...and this sudden introduction of excise um, in a massively short excise. period of time... That's... Kachow. It's a big tax grab just but, because they need a big tax grab because they've uh, spent too much. Uh, sorry, end of preliminary session. Yeah, enough, enough political bitching. Not, okay. not that we are so, involved. While we were talking about the um, uh, Super Carnivale on the Gold Coast, I see that already um, Mark Blundell's out, the ex Formula One driver, because apparently the uh, company he used to run with uh, Martin Brundle, he now owns uh, totally himself. Brundle's obviously. No, he doesn't. He owns Kitten. Who? In Kitten, Car Care, you know. Blundell? Remember the, yeah, which are up against Armour Oil. Is that right? Can't be there. Well, you idiot. Do some research. He said he got. No, he said that he's got um, growing business interests and an unavoidable date clash. Yeah, well, that's the official like lunch with the boys down the corner. I don't know, but that's well. Oh, my, that's oh come on, you know to read between the lines of this. This it is just well media be. bullshit about like ah, Mark Blundell's never come anywhere. You remember when Mark Blundell and yes. Martin Brundle, Brundle were in the same team, same team at yeah. Brabham, which were yeah. owned by the Japs. Yes. How hard was that? The goal. Oh, Blundle, Brundle, Blabham. Mark and Lark and Mark and Oh, a bit of Blundle and Blundle. We would see anyone. Oh dear. Which is not what you get when you go to Daiwa Foods to try and try and buy a nice hibashi from. Oh, hey, go there. You were going to see him. I did. And? Hey! Hey! You get... Hey! Hey! It's coming. There'll be more for viewers later. Hibashi. Hibashi. From Japan. Hey! From, from Yoshi. Japan. Recommended by Toshi. Oh, that's right. The from, guy in Melbourne. From Yawa. Yeah. And nothing to do with Brundle. Brundle or Blabham. <laughs> Even though Blabham come to do Oinduro. And you're blabbing at the moment. Oh, go on. <laughs> Good. Tall boys I'll are tell us. you. Oh. So, careful. I think the F... F- WBM, fine wine buying manager, will be yeah. making a fleeting visit to evaluate the 100% Merlot at some time in the future. But for now, he's hanging out a bit. Ka-ching, doing ka-ching. It. Well, the la- I mean, just the last little bit of Formula One news is that uh, the British Racing Drivers Club, uh, Damon Hill, president of, of the thing, reckons is, is that he, the. Did he marry a lady by the name of President? <laughs> you know how those English, they love hyphenated names. Is that his no, new it's wife? just Damon Hill. What's her name? Will you shut up? Daiwa, yes. president. Shut up. Damon and Daiwa, president. BRDC reckons that Silverstone, with the new, with the construction of the new infield bit um, that's going to be used for the race. Now that uh, they've got the British Grand Prix back there instead of uh, the big Donington Park debacle, which fell through, um, reckons that it's going to be an absolute corker inverted commas of a track. So. Um, We'll wait and see. One trillion dollars. One trillion. One trillion dollars is the amount that uh, Ferdinando Alonso has has his had his two thumbs insured for. Um, Nine uh, million uh, pounds, in fact. Well, close, but <laughs> nonetheless, he because he goes, it's a symbol of. I'm on it. Thumbs up. Or go and get fired. But you know go why. Because he signed a new one-year one year deal with Santander, 
and this, um, the, insurance, the, thumb? the insurance arm of Santander the is sponsoring... The arm. They could yeah, be an yeah, arm. The insurance arm of the company. They've got the insurance limb. As well as the banking. See, they're a banking giant, but they've got an insurance arm. <laughs> that insures thumbs. So the insurance <laughs> arm... Only be if you had a Chinese restaurant. Oh. It'd be, <laughs> you wouldn't be having the limb at the thumb oh. with the... Oh. So anyway... <laughs> because of the... Chinese now that our bullies shut down. Because of the insurance component, his digits... Digits! And now it's to the tune of almost £9 million. So there you go. Count them, count them. It's a thumb digit. Yeah, it's thumbs an extremity a digit. Well, your thumbs and your fingers are your extremities, your wally. the 21st? Is that an extremity? Is that a digit? <laughs> the 21st. Oh, dear. Viewers, it's a worry. Okay, moving on. Yeah, moving right along. 28th minute of the show. What else is going on here? Yeah, Kimmy, 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 Kimmy. Fifth in WRC round. I mean, he's on it. He didn't smash he the on pieces. It, that, that, that's good. He's definitely getting there. Right, that, 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 that's good. Uh, that's a bit of news from WRC land. Oh, and of course that uh, uh, Atco got to get a drive with. Uh, well, he got a he got a he got a Seat with Seat. <laughs> Is it seat or sight? Seat. Seat. Do they pronounce it? How do they pronounce it? I thought it's Seat. I didn't think it was Seat. Seat's a cat. <laughs> Isn't it? Ask Dr. Seuss. <laughs> well, that's he right. knows cats. <laughs> uh, there was a big smash. Big <laughs> smash. Big <laughs> smash. <laughs> Marcus <laughs> Ambrose. Yes. And, and George. I think he was watching on. Yeah. He saw a big smashing. <laughs> big, big smashes. Next, next. Panel. But uh, George did some good runs uh, yep. and came third, which in, is great. Uh, one of his, obviously, if there were more than three people, <laughs> which there were in late model series. Uh, <laughs> think, don't give him any love, will you? And I'm not. He's good. He's hey, on George, it. George, you're on it. Yeah, yeah we know you listen, George. You. We know you. <laughs> yeah. Hardy, what did he call us? The Hardy, bullshit gonna, show or something? I'm going to Spoke to him at the bloody bullshit show. Uh, the Clipsal. <laughs> <laughs> With a capital T. That's it. But th- you know, viewers, if you'd been to the Clipsal, yep. it's now the 29th of April. Let me tell you, they are still pulling it down, and there is a significant amount of time before it will be returned to its sleeping bunker in Wingfield. Yes. Where Daiwa Foods come from, with Yoshi, who has recommended from Toshi for the Hibachi. Will uh, put all their metal work and stuff like that before a month later, or possibly one or two days later after <laughs> it's finally put in and signed off to go. Okay, time to out. start getting ready for next year. Yeah, you know, and that JP, it reminds me of the That's days. Back to politics again. It, it reminds me of the days of Henry's High Boy Pizza, up uh, a uh, burger shop where Pac-Man was when I was a kid, up in next to the Oaks in Neutral Bay. You and the Oaks, I remember the yeah, Oaks. And, and we, my friend Michael Brown and Pat Fisher and I, we would go in there. And Patrick was, he, he loved the fact that the guy behind the, the you know, the, the, the cooking desk, he would be... The cooking desk. He would, he, he would repeat the order in a, in a strange way. So we'd go, Patrick would say, can, oh, I, can I open it? Can I have a Hawaiian burger? 
Could I have a whole wine burger? And then the guy behind would go, okay, one Hawaiian burger. And then the, the chef would go, Hawaiian burger, okay, on. And then we went, we cracked ourselves for whatever reason. Then we went, we've got to hear it again. So then Pat would go, uh, no, I don't want it. He'd go, oh, you don't want it? No, okay, cancel Hawaiian burger. <laughs> Hawaiian burger cancelled. And then Pat would go, actually, can I have a Hawaiian burger? Okay, I want. And then eventually we got chucked out. Now the yeah, FW... Cigarettes they were giving us at the time. They weren't, <laughs> they weren't legal. <laughs> Those funny cigarettes. The ones we're taking the labels With the funny the filter. And that 25% Look, exercise. Funny filters that are made up out of a rolled up bit of cardboard. Not those see, ones again. You got those at the dispenser in the park on a dark night. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know how it got through. But anyway. FWBM, what do you reckon? What's the verdict? It's big, isn't it? Have you done a job lot on this, JP? <laughs> You've had this one before, I think. I have, yes. Uh, FWBM yeah. coming in for a quick eval of the Saint Antoine. Mate, to tell, tell the viewers, well, what's going on? I'm Saint Antoine, Rouge. It's 100% Merlot from the McLaren Vale. Not something you come across very often, 100% Merlot, but as JP said, it's big. It's big. Not as big. I mean, it's 2004. 2004, so six years in the bottle, but still got a really deep colour, a lot of life in it. That's a big big monster JP so mm, if keep laying more, down so the other dozen I've got will still be a keep dozen, laying there yeah, yeah. Bring them around, yeah. 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 Sure. what do you think uh, FWBM of the um, of the logo it, 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 it really lulls locals into a feeling they're buying a European wine well, don't I they I think that's the idea Hardy you know it's uh, uh, the old italics it's gold leaf it looks very European the name this is European so I think that's what they're trying to do mate die is cut it, label in the shape of a shield no less is it is it is it false marketing or is it let the buyer beware well it says McLaren Vale yeah I mean they're not false marketing it's well, in, 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 in a very fine brush script and as much as the frogs have tried to ear roll everything like, you know, you can't call hermit things hermitage, this, that and the other, La Rouge is not a trademark of, a, of a, um, no, an area. No, no so, so very, very true. There you but go. Yeah, JP, if you've got a bit more of this around, then by all means, keep bringing it around, mate. <laughs> oh, We've got like a vote it? of confidence from the FWBN. Like it? It's big and it's rich, but it's got a lot of finesse and it's soft and it's elegant and egg for 100% Merlot. I'm, I'm pretty impressed. All right, we'll knock that down, get another glass and try the uh, the Tall Boys, the Shiraz 08 from McLaren Vale, which I've been led to believe. I don't pour it in there. Yeah, you do, it's all right. Don't be so fussy. So he licks He's not out. much an FWBM, he, he licks all is he? La Rouge uh, I'm, I'm, I'm being told is uh, from the same batch of as uh, Penny's... Penny Hill with the little red dot. Little red dot. Little yeah, that's what Caravel Shiraz for you. And what what, what distinguishes it? Well, you, you get it's you know it's got this sweetness, chocolatey, rich. I mean, it's big in the mouth. Fruity. It, yeah, it's big fruit-driven wine. This it's still pretty youthful. Uh, you, you know, need to give this a little bit more time, and it can soften around the edges. But for those that like your yeah, your Shiraz is big and rich. It's uh, right up there. How does one like myself who never drinks anything other than wine twenty four hours a day <laughs> actually get a get a feel? This is a confession, like viewers. He finally admitted it. Well, to be honest, to be honest, John, I get, I kind of get the impression your taste buds are shot anyway. Mate, so. <laughs> oh, nice. We're probably past the point of no return for yourself, but oh. uh, you know, maybe if I'd met you ten years ago, I could have done something for you. But I don't think there's any hope for you now. <laughs> 
You don't need to pay him to get him in to pay you, pay you out. No, he's good at it. He's definitely good at it. I noticed he slipped in the hardy as well. Yeah, he like did. From a, he's, yeah. he's adaptable. He's on it, yeah. All right, move Come on. From the Shame show, please. Move on. <laughs> FWB. Cheers, Andrew. Thank yeah. you for your uh, measured comments. Disappear. Take my car for a drive. Waste some fuel. Break a windscreen. <laughs> So what are we doing now? What, have you Is got any more motorsport? Yeah, motorsport? of course I've got motorsport. Okay, well, you're only in motorsport. Well, what are we going to do? V8 supercar? Absolutely. We should go to V8 supercar? We don't want much motorsport. V8 supercar stuff. Because yeah. No, I know a, we don't want much V8 supercar stuff. We've got There's a, happening, we've lots got happening this Queensland weekend. Queensland Raceway. And, 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 you know. Queensland Boring Raceway. Oh, for those who have to go, but like the phones. Queensland. Uh-oh. Had been up. Has already been up there. He rang yesterday to say, "Hi, I'm in Queensland and I've just had done a day with Craig Lambs and I've had a day with Triple Eight doing stuff." I said, well, "Did I ask what the fuck you were doing?" <laughs> no, but he wanted no. to let you know. He did after he rang me the week before yeah. saying, well, "Look, I'm just driving back to the airport from spending a day with Dick." Well, there you go. But when he said Dick for a day, and now he's at Craig for a day. That's right. Well, there you are. And so, so he's having to have a weekend up there, probably on some form of V8 supercar junket. Of course, uh, it would be. Which so I, you can look forward to. I have um, to say the greatest column that wasn't about to go ahead that went ahead. Uh, so you can look forward to his column in Auto Action. Tell him like it is, right. as he does every two weeks. Wait for folks to tell you all about it. Anyway, um, <laughs> Sprint Tire, Queensland this weekend. First debut appearance for Sprint Tire, and they reckon for 2010. Well, and they is it reckon a new construction. That um, no, no, it's the same Sprint Tire, but it's just the first time it's been used this season. They reckon that finally JB's qualifying record in 1999 is under serious threat. Now, don't forget when JB set that record back in '99, the track was brand new and had plenty of grip and plenty of speed because it was all nice. They didn't have those bumps coming into turn one. No. So it'll be interesting to see whether anybody actually can cane it using the uh, that's, soft tyres. That's an interesting fact that the, 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 the qualifying space back there in the cat car mm. in 99, probably the year pre moving to John Briggs, the, the, yep. in fact the inaugural year uh, of uh, JP uh, running it with West Track out of the West States. Um, and what was it? It was, geez, it was, a, it was an ugly old thing. Mm, it was too. Was a AU AU? Are you looking at me? Yeah, was AU. So there you go. And he did a one minute oh nine point two five nine four. Well, that is particularly interesting. So there you go. Each car's going to get five sets of sprint tyres for the weekend, which is a total of twenty tyres per car. Of which they must use every tyre four at the same time. They can't. Those 20 yep. tyres, yep. Eight pre-marked control tyres that can be used in practice and qualifying. Can they qualify on the sprints? But all cars must race on sprint tyres only. Oh! So there you go. What? Yep, well, so well, that's well, all sprints. Well, what's the point of the other tyre then? I don't know. They that's, just obviously, they just decided that... What is the point of it? Well, it's I an even... I think it was an even was field. The control but they reckon the that this... So you can make a change. No, they reckon that the biggest thing is going to be that the tyre will need to be conserved and cleverly used. And there's still a big element of strategy because of the difference between fresh and used rubber. So uh, they've got to eke, eke out the best from the tyres. 
Um, and yeah, even uh, it's funny because uh, Jamie Winkup um, was uh, actually saying that he he wanted to clear up a perception that he didn't like the soft tyre. He says, "I love driving on the soft tyre. I just hated the format it was used in 2009." So there you go. Every team competes evenly every day. So there we go. Soft tyres. Interesting weekend. Uh, it's going to start up to 10.55 Eastern Standard Time on Friday. Oh, but due to the football, uh, we won't be able to get anything like we did a couple of weeks. Oh, probably not. No, no, I couldn't get right. that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. No, oh, no, yeah, we got interrupted again. Yeah. Yeah. Interrupted. But no, but Carol 7 doesn't do that. Yeah, they do. No, 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 they won't. They promise them. And then they wedged no, the, no, they uh, the rest they of the event in just before the news. Look, at least we got rid of the waffle. Well, true, it did. It, it just sort of cut all that out, didn't I mean, it? I like, you know, our Formula One pre-show for 30 or 40 minutes, I'm happy with it. Yep. What's with the three-hour supercar pre-show? I know, isn't it? It's, it's over the top. It's too much. Too much. I too mean, much. I don't mind if they just keep paying out amongst each other. But from what I understand, the, the value, the, the ratings have plummeted severely. Is that right? Now, now who's... Uh, uh, let's analyse. Let's, 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 let's have a little quick analysation of that, you know? Analysation. Is that a real word? Not if you're playing Scrabble, because it's more than seven letters. Right. And if you tried to get a triple word score, you couldn't. Unless you were putting it on the end of the word anal. But then there'd be some argument. <laughs> there would, definitely. <laughs> but it is true. <laughs> it could be in the shit over. No, because you'd, uh, you'd have to put the white... Yeah, no, you could still... And then you'd be right. going, look, this is this mm, category. Okay. This show's got to get a different category. It and does. we get all this weird comment about where our preferences are. <laughs> Piss off. You just carry on. Now, what were you saying? What I'm saying is that, uh, look, you know, that Matty White, who's hosting it, and then Scaife yeah. and, um, and, and, and Cropper. Man, I, I, now, don't get me wrong, viewers, listeners, or, or whoever. Like, I reckon these guys absolutely deluxe. Great. The banter is good. I've seen Cropton in his red jacket at Amaru from the early days, and they're driving oh, the ex Mike Griffin. Well, no, no, Mike Griffin drilled ex Philo Exempt to Kiko RX7 to somewhat gee, like radical and aggressive manoeuvres around Amaru Park, especially through Wonderlick. And if you're listening to that, Neil, you'll remember that. A little bit of a smile, he'll be thinking. And back to the scape. Reverse grid, r- radical and restless racing. Reverse grid, not only reverse grid, reverse direction. Do you know, viewers, they used to race Oran Park in the wrong way. The grid went uphill. You had to put a piece of chalk under the back wheel this time to stop the thing going backwards so you could actually get, get, a, off the get a run up. So you could have your you know, reverse. Da-da-da. That's why you see all these little bit of squashed bits of chalk. And Scafey would be going, oh, God, who remembers that? Well, David Brabham remembers it, because he was in the same race too. Oh, and I remember well, Brabs, and I've cornered him over in Europe, said, Brabs, mate, oh, you know, you came in and absolutely cracked it to your dad. said, look, I'm not driving this fucking car. Get the fucking thing fixed. I'm never fucking driving it again. Dad got it fixed. <laughs> You know, it turned out he... So he did drive it again. It turned out he went on to win a few races. Oh, there you go. That was good. Scaffy too. <laughs> anyway, we're getting back from the core feeling here. Is, uh, uh, the guys are knowledgeable. They're, I think they're just... There's too much... Look... Are they overdoing it technically? Because that's what I reckon. Do you know what ABC and SBS newsreaders do? They read the news and they don't give their opinion. 
Right. Whereas Channel 9, Channel 7, and Channel 10, and especially the sports guys, they can't help but, but at the end of their little have statement, have a little jab. Ah, yeah. Look, hey, you're not us. You're not Radio Hot Lap, so don't do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that well, that, I mean, it's true. Like, you pay, look, comments are fine, but just the needles are good and I, we like it. Yeah. We like the little bit of, like, you know, um, Larko down yeah, there. Yeah, Larko's good. He, he's yeah, nah, I like yeah, all yeah. that. And I like it when he pays Scofie out, and I like it but when Scofie pays him out. there's a bit of control freak shit going on there, and I also see that that, that Scofie's been taken over the domain a little bit of um, of Cromley. I mean, fucking, what are Cromley? What are you? Hi, oh, I don't know you. Oh, hi, Cromley. <laughs> Have some respect. It's not his name. His name's not Cromley. You wouldn't go up and say, Oh, Scafey, how are you, Scafey? You'd go, Hello, Mark. As you would call a normal person. Well, you didn't say that to him when you saw him the other day. You said, Hello, Scafey. I never did. No, you didn't really. I'm just winding you up. You have to be respectful. You and do. Anyway, you're right. what am but I, I saying? saying. But rewinding. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. It's a combination of a little bit up to elitist. But on the other hand, you know, they certainly deserve the accolades that, that, that are pumped on them, especially Mark. Uh, but, um, you know what I reckon? And uh, there's, a, there's just a bit of a disconnect. I can't They've just got a little bit too technical and a little bit too... Um, Non-HG and Roy. Yeah, and, oh, and, and very, very focused on the event. Uh, which I reckon would have alienated a few of the punters who just want to switch on, get a quick idea of what's going on, and watch the race. Here's the deal. So, right. to keep them honest, we yep. could be the Trevor Marmalade duo. <laughs> oh, no. Do we on have the to? bar over there. <laughs> well, mixing where else non-alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> mixing non-alcoholic drinks. Well, Not alcoholic. boring, wouldn't it? Yeah, but you can't be having booze. Just because you've well, got cars st- racing around with booze. Never stopped you any other time. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got some sneaky angles. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, oh, I mean, oh, so could be. And, and a small cooking segment. So, Cromley and Scafey, if you're listening, just dumb it down a bit, will you? What about if we were to change them around? Scafo <laughs> and uh, uh, Crom, Cromo. Cromo, Cromo, <laughs> and uh, uh, Larky, Larky, Scafo, and Cromo. <laughs> no. And why doesn't, why doesn't, why doesn't, why doesn't Matt White, Matt, you're going to do an Matt, 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 Matt White, he does, he gets Matty White, Matt O White. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Matt, dash, O, La, capital well, White. Why, not just, look, why do they call him Matty? Why don't they call him just White O? White O, White, what? The end. Yeah. Or Whitey. Whitey end. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I was, was, I, I was, coverage I was listening to Grand Am on the weekend, and there was uh, Calvin Fish and Lee Diffie, and yeah. they go like that. This is no Leo or Diffo or Lee E, Leaster or Kelvo, and they they are great. There's the fishness, fish stick, fish blob, Calvo, Calvary, fish stick. I mean, come on. Fish Stop chips. getting it too insider. You reckon? It's too black. Too clicky. Black, black slap. Clicky. Black slap. Clicky. Black slap. Yep. 
black slap. You don't know black slap. <laughs> black slapping you, Wally. Don't you black slap me, boy? <laughs> you know, never go there again. Oh man. Right. So, where were we? Come on, hurry up. All oh, right, look, Ipswich five. Uh, Forty-seven. Three hundred. Forty-seven in. Are we really already? Love okay. It. Well, Love so if the viewers, if the viewers want to catch up with Team Vodafone, if they're going to the event, the Ipswich three hundred. Vodafone. They can, uh, Vod- they can go to the Team Vodafone merchandise store at 9.45 to 10.15 on Saturday. Or they can go to the Team Vodafone garage between 1.45 and 2.25. And they'll see Lounzy. No, they won't. And Winkers. The Lounzo. <laughs> and Winky. What with the, with the, with, what's, so, his, what's, what's the boss? What's the boss? The boss. boss. The boss. The boss. The boss. <laughs> Roland Dano. <laughs> Rolando. Dane Squeeze. Yeah, interesting. Look. Talking about talking about Vodafone just very very quickly. They've got this bloody eBay auction oh. bloody thing going online now. Triple Eight race engineering items are now available for auction through eBay. Uh, well, hang on. What's that? What's that word again? Auction. Auction. Or orc. Auction. Orc. It's A-U. And you go to Auckland and have an auction? That's right. It's A-U-C. Orc. It's A-U-C. Mork from Orc. You remember him. Robin Williams, when he was really young. My favourite, <laughs> Martin. <laughs> you can... So if you go there now, you can win the Jamie Winkup signed pit garage wall from the Sydney 500. Well, not win. Bid for, is what I should say. So yeah, isn't win- that interesting, the mix of technology, though... With motorsport now that you're actually finding that memorabilia is going up on eBay within, you know, six months of it, of it actually being produced. Thieves and robbers, a lot. Absolutely. Make yeah. more money. But, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago we did a show. We did. And we, we, we attempted to do one last week, uh, but we decided, you know, after we did that last one, 153, hang on. You've got to keep it quality, not quantity. And then we suddenly True. done a whole rash of things and there was a bit of dribble at Clips. thought, let's do it every couple of weeks. And you see, yeah. here we are. Look at this, I'll tell you something. Unless it's a live job. Yeah. Well, when it's a live job and, then, it, and we've got input from drivers and things, it makes it it's actually, uh, It's actually a better gear. It is. So it's going we're well. going to stick to the two weekly thing. Yeah. Unless we don't. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we may still bring in the, uh, you know, one weekly thing, but uh, who knows. <gasps> so... Look at the, the now, talking about the that, we had that interview with Lars last week. Do you want to whack that in? Well, that's probably the only interesting thing that we could actually put into this show. All right. Well, let's put that little thing... Idiot. What? From Lars Eric Nielsen, who uh, we did uh, Le Mans and uh, has had two podiums. Uh, at plenty. He's done yeah. very well. He's done Winner things. of the Sepang 12-hour. Yes. He's been on earlier shows... But uh, we just happened to get to him, so we'll just pause it for a moment and um, listen to Lars. Why not? G'day viewers and welcome to Radio Hotlap, episode 154. That zany podcast that takes a light-hearted look at the world of motor racing, cool emerging technology, (laughs) gadgets, barbecues and Danish sausage dogs. (laughs) There's a Danish sausage dog on the line. Well, if there's not a, a rust gun. Do you know that over in Denmark, they actually have babel fish that they can put into the dog's mouth and, and the bark turns to uh, a voice and it, and it sounds like this. It sounds like, I think it sounds like Lars. 
at the moment it sounds like nothing. Lars! This is a, a... Yes, he's dead. I have to kill him. You know, you're the sausage dog. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't die in vain. He didn't die in vain. <laughs> well, that's all right then. <laughs> all right, mate. How are you there over in uh, smoky Copenhagen? Oh, yeah. We've, we've just been smoked out. Well, actually, uh, airplanes are flying. Noises are out. And uh, we're doing well. <laughs> this, this, this today, so to speak. This day. Tomorrow may be different. So, uh, is... Is the atmosphere is, uh, nice and clear there? Is it just as beautiful uh, time of year uh, as uh, April and May um, put out? Is the spring yeah, of Copenhagen, is it beautiful? We've, we've had extremely cold weather in the past 10 days. Just this morning we had snow, can you believe it? Now the sun is shining again and it's heating up from about zero to eight degrees uh, all in a matter of an hour and a half. But uh, it's, uh, it's really weird. So... Um, for the first race in Denmark here on the coming weekend, we'll probably need spikes. What, what, what race is going on, mate? Tell us what's happening in the Danish or the, even the Scandinavian amphitheatre. Yeah, well, um, last week, actually, um, we had an interesting um, rally, so to speak, in Copenhagen, where we, um, we got all the famous race drivers in uh, Denmark to uh, drive a Red Cross, and uh, we collected two million. Um, Kronos, which is just enough what, for uh, your lunch. <laughs> yeah, just about. I mean, five, six hundred thousand uh, of your kind of dollars. So um, that's that's pretty cool. We had a uh, Bugatti Veyron oh. as the uh, the showpiece. Um, the new Ferraris, um, my Aquila CR1 was there to uh, to perform, and uh, we collected quite a bit of money. So it's quite fun. At the old brewery uh, grounds of Castle. Oh, excellent! So it was actually a uh, a, a demonstration for um, a bunch of people as well, and, and the, for the public. Yeah, and for me in, in particular, rather for the for the Quilla, which has been rumored not to be reliable because of the little gearbox we put on, but with the new Hewlett gearbox, I, I have to say that um, I thought of as a um, as a Sebring Sebring test before twenty four hour Le Mans. If you can do Sebring, you can also do Le Mans. Um, and if we can do uh, two days of um, rattling around on a road course in Copenhagen with the Aquila, um, it'll take any beating. And um, we did that successfully. A lot of fun and uh, good Was food. there any royalty hanging around? Because you do tend to gra- gravitate gravit yeah, to the royalty. They were all there, the prince, the yeah. princess... The small princesses were there. They drove with me. They could hardly look out uh, the front window, but they had a great time, and uh, they got into all the cars, including the they run. That's cool. You know, I, I noticed, Lars, at, uh, at Le Mans uh, in 2008 uh, when you were racing the Farnbacher car there with uh, Pierre Eret and uh, Pierre Kaffer that I came across a Veyron in the paddock, and I was surprised how, how actually compact and small it was. It is, it is very compact and small. Um, <clears throat> it's a fantastic driving machine. I think technically um, it's one of those cars that, that will outperform anything in a short period and was built as a showpiece, but as a race car, I don't think we'll ever see it. If you look at the technical design, um, it's, it's amazing that you can stuff in a thousand plus horsepower and all the drivetrain, quad wheel uh, um, 
and uh, what else is there? And there's hardly any air inlets. It's totally enclosed. Can you imagine uh, how hot that would be um, <clears throat> on a continuous race course? But then again, who, who wants to put a 1.5 million street car in a well, race I mean, course? That, that's a good that's point right. because I noticed that uh, Mercedes have gone and said, look, we're going to race the SLS uh, in GT2. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, isn't the cost of the chassis alone uh, almost prohibitive before people start racing it? Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, you've seen Aston Martins, you've seen Ferraris, you've seen Porsches. They 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 all do the same. But but this is a monster. I I think it's a fantastic street car that is way too long. Um, that's my personal opinion. Not that I'm biased towards Porsche. You know that I've been driving for humpty years. But um, it looks uh, it looks like a nice car. It uh, actually you see the relationship between Chrysler and Mercedes very clearly. Uh, the front. Um, looks just like a Chrysler, hmm. um, but but uh, it's a cool car in many ways. That's, that's pretty like that. mean. That's pretty mean. Yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty down on Mercedes, making the Mercedes look like a Chrysler. But I mean, well, I, well there, they they were together. Yeah, they were. Were there any other? Are there any other race cars that have actually like competed where you needed to do fast driver changes that have had gullwing doors? Oh yes. Um, Other than the old SLS, in actually, oh the the SL three hundred. No, I, I, I think uh, I think the Bentleys uh, had something very close to uh, to a Goldwing door. By the way, that was a pain to get in and out of. It was extremely small. I don't think I've ever seen a set in a in a in a car. You you did notice I said I never I never driven a car like that because I never did. But I sat in it. Big big deal. But, but to get in out of that car was almost impossible. It was so small, the cockpit was extremely small. You, know, you remember the green Audi? I mean, the, uh, the Bentley. Oh, yeah, I remember. yeah, I remember it had a gullwing door. That was because you, like, rolled it, and it was lying on its side against a tree. And that was when the, when the door opened, no, no, it was no. like a gullwing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, actually, it, it, it was hinged, hinged um, somewhat front and above. <laughs> Let's anyway. move on. Lars, uh, the Aquila race car, the CR1, um, was uh, you know, released probably um, 18 months ago. And uh, how's it been going? Apparently, Brit Car uh, have taken it on board over there, and someone has bought some cars, and they look like they're going to be racing. What's the state of the nation with this under $100,000 euro kit car? Well, not kit car. It's complete, but it's... It, yeah, it's a full-blown race car. You, I, I have to say that. In the beginning, it was like a pet project, but I, it, it's grown into something more serious. I think we, um, we have at our hands um, a race car that's really potent. Um, we started off with the 4-liter uh, BMW M60 engine with 315 horsepower, extremely reliable, and, and really made it a bullet itself um, in terms of speed and performance. It, uh, it matches in terms of a lap um, the same as a uh, very good Carrera Cup car. Um, but where the Cup car has more than 100 horsepower more um, and just flies away in the straightaways, um, the CR1 just goes flat through most any corner, including the Rouge uh, um, at, at Spa, the Blancmain and uh, Stavelot. It's, it's just flat out. You have to hold on, of course, for dear life, but... but um, it's it's it is true uh, truly a, a great car, and with the new addition 
um, of an LS7 engine from uh, Chevrolet with a basic 505 horsepower. Um, we're up almost 200 horsepower on that chassis. Uh, I can't wait to drive it. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. And Lars, would the, would the chassis take any more power if you if you could get a you know any any faster motor in there? Of course, I laughed at the engineers. I'm commercial and a race driver myself, and um, I'm I'm the one who's going to die <laughs> if if they're not quite right. <laughs> but but um, they they shown me the math, and um, yes, it will it will stand up. The gearbox will stand up. The um, the corners will will certainly also stand up to uh, to the uh, to the power, um, not like some uh, famous Formula One <laughs> chassis that uh, certainly throws front wheels away all of a sudden. <laughs> no, Oops. yeah, and and no tethers. Well, the tethers broke. Yeah, that was pretty amazing, wasn't it? It was a good bit of video. What did you think of that? Uh, I'm happy I wasn't in it, but at least they kept the car balanced. <laughs> I like that. It was symmetrical wheel disconnect. <laughs> you know that uh, I don't know if you knew this, but that um, our, our partner in crime, the youngster, what do you call him, the bloke from Odense, has um, his brother Benny has started to race the Abarth GP Trofeo series. Uh-huh. Did, are you aware of that? Well, well, he he has, and he's actually got James Watt Automotive, like the, the people that you know, James and Aidan Watt, um, are running a car for him, and and uh, he's actually he's actually done all right because he's qualified third at the first race at Alton Park, um, and then first into the first corner spun it, like last, set the fastest lap time, um, set a new lap record, came through to third. Then and the and then got pole for the second race and came second. But mate, towards the end, he's had a bit of a sliver, you know. And and the car has got up on two wheels, gone round the corner like at forty five degrees, much to the crowd's delight at Dalton Park. And he complained like there was a a, a a braking bias problem. Well, can you believe it? When they when they looked a little bit closer. They found that under the driver's seat there lodged was a Danish, and I have to say, I can't, I might be sure if I've uh, saying this correctly, a flake S stag. One of those crispy pork sandwiches with red cabbage. <laughs> what do you make of that? <laughs> well, you know, if you go driving for a long time, it's always nice to have a lunch bag along. So uh, I thought it was pretty sensitive. And, uh, you know, you can move the ballast around. So, no, yeah, all in all, I think it's a great idea. We should all do you that. You know, that reminds me, Lars, you need to tell the viewers of the morning, the smells of the morning at Le Mans. Yeah, that could still make me sick. <laughs> you, you, you're thinking, you're thinking when, I, when, I, when I came through the Porsche Corners at 2.40, uh, trying to balance the car and... Um, uh, the 15,000 Brits in that corner were, were doing um, bacon. And the first round, 4.30, was, was nice to, to, to come through. Uh, the second lap, you know, yeah, and now it's my turn to have some bacon. The third lap, you say, well, I'm, I'm kind of not hungry anymore. <laughs> and then for the following 12 laps, you have to keep your breath for about eight seconds while you drive through the bloody Porsche corners, all smelling of bacon, including uh, turning on your, your light headlights so you can actually see through, through the fog. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's not. It is not nice. I tell you, it's a it only uh, it only spurs you on to finish the race to have that a lovely dinner uh, of it. I never, I never, I never drove quicker through the Porsche corners than those mornings. <laughs> That's right. Only because you know the cut de boeuf that you can have on the evening of uh, of the Sunday after Le Mans. You know where you go through the ritual question that the waiter asks you how you would like it. Because at the end they go, well, fuck it, do it your way, because you're not going to do it our way. Oh, oh, yeah, that's uh, well, anyway, yeah, and, and we learned not to put ketchup on because it looks stupid in your face when you fall asleep Sunday evening right in the tendency. <laughs> and then you wake up and uh, walk home all the way to the Okay, day. moving on to your sibling, uh, Christina. Uh, she uh, had went to the... Right, I think we've spoken a great deal about her since she went to the, the KF2 World uh, Championships in Spain, Alcanis, last year, and did some testing with uh, Macon for ADAC. Um, in fact, the same in the same category that uh, Mario Feinbacher, Dominic's uh, younger brother, is is competing in. What's the plan this year? A bit more yes. Formula Ford for her before she steps up to that. Well, steps up, steps down. Um, it's interesting when you when you compare the two cars. The uh, the Formula Adduck um, looks more potent. It's a Formula Three chassis with wings and all this jazz. Um, but when, when it comes to true speed, and maybe you don't, don't realize this, the Formula 4 does accelerate better and goes uh, quite a bit fast on the straightaways. Obviously, in the corners, because there's no, no downforce, everything is mechanical, it loses out to, uh, to the Formula Adapt. But in terms of um, to a pure speed, the Formula 4, with the plus 20 horsepower more, um, is, is a more nimble and more exciting car. And, and to have the notion of going from only Formula Ford to Formula Adduck is actually questionable. However, um, when you drive the Formula Adduck um, on the international circuits, it, it gives a, a, a sense of greatness because you're, you're driving Nürburgring, you're driving Hockenheim, you're drive, driving Spa and all these uh, fantastic tracks um, where, where, where history was, was written. Um, but but um, the, the true fact and learning experience uh, on mechanical grip, I think there's nothing that beats the Formula Ford. And I think that we finally convinced Christina that, um, that it is a good idea to, to drive the Formula Ford. And um, she has, um, in the three days of testing she's had before the race this weekend, uh, she's grown quite fond of it. Um, she's going to go to, um, to Jyllandsring uh, for the opening round of the Danish Championship. Um, with, with only four laps experience on that track and maybe um, 60 or 70 on the computer. But I've seen her on the computer and um, I'm, I'm really satisfied um, to see how quickly she picked up on, on the ideal lines. And I know it's a big step from, from theory on a, on a simulator to, to the actual pounding. Um, I think she's, she's going to do, do very well. Um, for me, it's not a matter of, um, of winning. Um, I mean, everything can happen, but I don't expect her, and I've told her, not to expect to, to, um, to win, but to do the best she can and, and learn from that experience. She's only just started out, and there are drivers that have been driving Formula 4 for two or three years. It would be exceptional to, to think that you could, you could match them or even beat them. So um, I think uh, for her, it's all about having a great weekend, and a um, really, really good introduction to um, to the next 20 or 30 years driving from the, the viewers can uh, follow more on Christina's uh, K2 
career at ChristinaNielsenRacing.com. Mate, uh, just uh, a quick thing just about mechanical and aero. I mean, isn't it a case of when, you, when you're in the youngsters, are cr- they're coming up, they're coming through karting, which is very mechanical, and then Formula Ford Vs, Formula Fords and things like that. It's all mechanical group. Once you start to go to, to categories which use aero, um, and you're adding another factor in, I suppose once you're in the aero category... It's hard to go back to a mechanical-only thing unless you go back in time to historic racing. It's obviously, that's, that's the way to do it, isn't it? You've, you've got to be able to feel how a car reacts through your bum from the mechanical standpoint before you go to aero. You nailed it. You nailed it right there. And, and you know what? Um, even in a wing car, um, when, you, when you go to the limit on a wing car, at times it does get loose. And, and you can't just sit there with, with a $500,000 race car and say, oh, what was that? You know, um, it kind of went sideways, and what am I going to do here? You have to have the ability to, to just through your butt to, to understand, oh, yeah, that's when we go to uh, do this with the accelerator, to, to, to create downforce on front wheels to rear wheels, to balance it out, and especially, especially in the rain. I mean, we, we look at Italian race drivers and, um, you know, race drivers from down south. I'm not saying that <clears throat> some will make it to Formula One. and They've been through rain and sleet and sunshine, all of them. But um, in, in, in the younger days or in their more, uh, you know, in the beginning, they just lose out totally to the Nordic drivers um, or, if, for that matter, the British drivers um, when it comes to rain races because, or wet races because... They have no sense of uh, mechanical grip, and when it rains, you're relying much more on mechanical grip for, for the wing cars than you are when it's, when it's dry. So um, it's a winning concept, at least to have a year, at least a year in, in a car like Formula 4. Very, very exciting stuff, and I think actually when you, when you go to those aero categories uh, last, uh, perhaps ADAC is comparable to Formula BMW in terms of Who's watching the upcoming talent? Absolutely, absolutely, um, and and um, that, that's what we want to have. And you know, the the youngsters, the the public spectators, they want to see the big wings, they want to see the big tires. Uh, but you know, just to go flat out in every corner, except for the uh, for the hairpins, it doesn't take much of a race driver. So it's. Um, it's a bigger challenge to, to drive something that's a bit more loose with uh, quite a bigger horsepower. So, um, but that's what the youngsters want. That's what the public needs uh, to see, apparently. And um, we, we're going to go there. But before we go there, the education process of, of driving a Formula car with mechanical grip is, is something that is very rewarding. It's like, you know, uh, using the ten fingers on a, on a keyboard. We can all do it three or four fingers, but... Boy, aren't we envious of the of the people that really can well, do something? Well, you know, when you get away from that PC, when we <laughs> finally get you away from that, you know, you know, your daughter's on the Macintosh, and there you are, stuck in like Windows Land, out the back there, <laughs> looking across to Sweden. You know. Yeah, but, but you be... know, just to just to follow through on my on my thought. Have 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 you ever have you ever had sex with a real secretary who knows how to use all ten fingers? <laughs> I mean, it certainly beats the regular amateur. I tell you. 
<laughs> now, viewers, be honest, right? Let's have, let's have some response on this one, because I think uh, I'm, I'm proving everybody. I can hear him uh, smiling from here. Yeah, exactly. You can. Can't In you? his dressing gown. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can see them blushing. <laughs> You're getting yourself into so much trouble. So much so that at last, you know, the weather's starting to wind down here. It's going up there. The volcano subsiding. Le Mans is coming around. Mm-hmm. Nürburgring, 24-hour. Uh-oh. Lock up your cellar. I'm coming over. Yeah. Hey, hey you, you, know, you know how this, this, this cloud thing came about? It was a well, fart. It was a fart it's, it's, from it's, Greenland. It's, you know, it's, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it's, it's, a, it's a grammatical or, or not a grammatical. It's, it's an error of understanding. You know, the Iceland banks all went That's bankrupt, right. right? And the British, who were in dire need for, for money, they were screaming, cash, 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 give us cash. And you know, Iceland didn't quite listen in, so they sent ash. I did actually actually realise that, JP, that that, that there was a problem with the finances over there. Oh, Lars. See what a bloody seek you do or or, or when it's it's gone missing. Well, that's it. Till the next broad exercise. Look, stay stay there on the line, uh, Lars, because we're going to have to get your phone number and address to give you a special gift while we return to a message from the local viewers station. Uh, I think we've got something for the local viewers. Do we have something for Lars? We've got something for him? Wasn't that an amazing listen to Lars? <laughs> we just fooled the viewers. You know, we actually just cut that in. They didn't know it in. But, but we just, don't edit. Oh, we don't so we couldn't have done that. But it was a nice phone call. They were lulled into a phone sense of security. They were. Okay. So we should be on. Well... There's a bit of TT. Oh, yeah, you've got enough bits of paper, mate, There is a bit of TT. But you're not going to read all of this, are you? Just the, just the, I just thought I'd pay you out like you always do let's with me. Do, let's just do a little bit of a rewind yeah. about what's gone on in the last few weeks since Apple released their 4.0 operating system. We talked about that, uh, or rather to the developers for the iPhone and background um background processing uh, of um, applications and uh, GPS activity. Very, 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 very good. But then there was also this side story of the young guy in a bar when Apple employee lost his phone. There so many other people talked about it. It's been on the mainstream press. It doesn't really matter. Except what, what, will be, what, what will be, will be. You can search anywhere about the stolen yeah. iPhone 4G and they'll tell you the story. They will. We're not going to get into that. What we are going to get into is the fact that this morning, Apple uh, announced the uh, Worldwide Developers Conference 2010, which will be in San Jose. Oh, San Jose. Do you know the way? Wrong. San Francisco. Why? San Francisco. You said San Jose. I know. Yeah. I was just seeing if you're paying attention. Oh, all right. It used to be in San Jose. It's now in San Francisco, in oh, the Moscone Center, where you there. and I sat listening, waiting for Steve Jobs we to did. a soundtrack, which was. Oh, um, uh, we'll uh, get to uh, it in a minute. One, one. 
It'll get to him in a minute. Oh, well, uh, it's on uh, 7, to, 7 to 11 of June. And, uh, Bob Dylan's son. No, not Bob Dylan's son. Yeah. Was. He was the lead singer of that band, that, that soundtrack. But you don't know it, so you can't identify it. I can't it. remember the name of the But you do know it. It's but right there. Exactly yeah. I was sitting on the left. You were on the right. Yeah. One, one, one something. Oh, well, Barbara no, Streisand. Not no, 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 wheel on my wagon. wagon. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, it's on. So, um, mate, uh, I'm off. I haven't been to the Worldwide Developers Conference. Mofta. Mofta. I haven't been for over 10 years. Mofta San Fran. Mofta. Uh, and staying at the King George Hotel. Because the King George Hotel, of the 19 hotels... Uh, Sorry, 25 hotels. 25. I checked. Booked out. I went. No, not booked out. But like, hello. Super expensive. No, 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 not super expensive. No, sorry. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no no internet. You know, oh, there's fifteen dollars a day, and then you can use it here in the closet. You know, like I'm going. Are you fucking <laughs> you kidding? In San Francisco, so all these people got like, got like pissed off, and so man, I, I booked two rooms for for Matt and I at uh, at ninety nine dollars a day which is 112.86 american a day for seven nights yeah. nights so 99 dollars and I mean, when we went through it and we go like okay so what do we really want it's close it's really close yeah. right in the center of san francisco so we just walk down the road as right. we always do because you know the layout yeah, 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 at 99 dollars yeah. a day yeah. room service 24 hours pool none can't be Good. fucked with that Fitness centre, none. <laughs> Business centre, none. Bars. It's only got Winston's Bar and Lounge. <laughs> Winston? That's Churchill been there. And cigarettes. <laughs> and cigars. <laughs> it's 20, 2012 before they have to take the labels. Right, okay. Uh, uh, valet parking, 36 Dark of Dallas. Self Park, 31 in Union Square Garage. Oh, yeah. In access free. Wireless in and access free, proximity to uh, Moscone Centre, extra good, but most importantly, most important. on top of the complimentary in-room wireless internet access, is... Ta-da! <laughs> complimentary evening wine reception, 5 till 7pm. <laughs> every night? Every night. <laughs> That's... 14 hours of free booze. That's a big mistake they're making with you going over there. <laughs> but there'll be Zinfandel. Isn't the St George next door to the Hyatt? Where we stayed when we were there before? Perhaps. And I reckon we went in with that. No, that's Dave. Just, that's and Francis Drake. Dave. Oh, it's the Francis Drake. You know, you know, you know that's what the, like the frilly collar. Yeah, yeah, you look right. off and then and all lots there's of There's lots of, there's lots of, um, I thought that's funny. Crossed out. Um, Crossed out. Here. No, no, they're the ones that you can't get anything you want. All right, that's the end of that. King's door. All right, um, uh, look, there's been this ongoing shit fight with uh, with Adobe and Apple, which oh, uh, you know, everyone's yes. seen thinking that Apple is going to be sued by Adobe. Uh, uh, Adobe. 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 Hey, I didn't know they changed their name. <laughs> could be could be placated by the fact that Adobe Adobe are actually making some very good inroads into trying to make things better. And that is show, shown by a sudden pre-release version of the Flash Player that takes advantage of the new H.264 hardware decoding APIs, that's ah. application programming interfaces viewers, which have been added recently into Mac OS 10, 10 6, 3. Clearly Apple and Adobe 
are in a bit of a cold war regarding all that. But perhaps, aside from all the media hype, things may be good. And hence, the ability for uh, Flash to be uh, put on the, the iPad or the, or the iPhone, iPhone will yep. be automatically decoded through uh-huh. the speed of the chipset uh-huh. uh, in an interim process yep. uh, to, to be able to be delivered. I mean, after all, look at YouTube, which is predominantly yeah, Flash. Exactly. Um, Why would they want to be cutting that Like RedTube. Yeah. Except they do like <laughs> MP4s Red as tube. well. What's RedTube? It's the uh, China. Chinese version. <laughs> Red yellow tube. Uh, YouTube. Let's go there. <laughs> What are you doing this for? Palm. Palm. Pilot. Palm. Palm off. Palms off. Yeah. Palms off to HP. Palm's been palmed off. 1.2 billion. Yeah. And there's the attention. But don't uh, forget, though, that you've got all those investors like Bono from U2. He needs to make his money back. What do you mean? Well, he was part of the consortium that owned Palm. Well, or the part owned He needs palm. to get his hand off it. Well, he does. Which and he one? does because he's one so, of those folks with his hand on it. Those stupid glasses hanging around with Steve Jobs, telling everyone what music to listen to. Yeah, but he's hanging around with Steve Jobs, but at the same time, he's invested in Palm. I mean, so we love Steve. Is that a conflict of interest? Uh, hey, look, welding goggles would be the same. Well, they probably would too. Yeah. He is annoying, isn't he? You haven't heard from him lately. You know why? Why? Spending money. Oh. Busy. 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 Doing, Busy. doing concerts in the round, I hear. Lay As round. opposed to in the, in, in the nude. It's been a bloke that goes around in circles from a point of view as far as I can Anyway, oh. any road up. Well, I ought to give you the so, backhander for looking at me like that, the San Antoine. Well, that's the San Antoine annoying Ooh. you, is it? Ooh. Well, I've, um, I've stumbled across something the other day that the viewers may be interested in. Fuji have bought out an incredibly well-priced and very full-featured new digital camera called the Finepix S1800. Now, why am I talking about this? Well, because viewers, if you're like me and you don't want to be lugging a pro SLR around with all the lenses and all the rest of the crap that goes with it like Hardy does, you just want a relatively compact unit that isn't too big to sling over your shoulder and this thing fits the bill. It's got 18 times zoom, and it's got every bloody bit of gizmo known to mankind in terms of automatic red eye removal, instant zoom, you can zoom bracket. It's got blink detection, oh, so that people right. don't close their eyes when you're doing it. Dual image stabilization. It'll do HDTV compatible uh, photos and videos, and 12 megapixels with a three inch LCD. Now, what would you think that would be worth? Uh, $358. You're just being rude now. No, I'm, I am. That's all I'd be prepared to pay for it. <laughs> Sounds like shit doesn't it's do any fast frame rate stuff. 405 bucks, roughly. Well, there you go. It wasn't too price. I know you weren't too far off at all. Well, there you go. But See, I've got my finger on the pulse. Mate, yourself. when you think about what digital cameras were, were used to cost when they first came out, to be able to grab something like that for that price... I reckon is an absolute bargain, and I think I might have to buy one. Why don't you just give it a rest and wait till I get back from overseas, and we'll have a little bit of a look and see what, uh, what, what what's going on. Because I'm oh, sure there's even a there's... panorama mode too. That's the other thing. Look, uh, tasting Australia. Ian Palmerton. Yes, I know. I saw him on the news last night. 
here in Adelaide, no less, because it's the consuming passions, no less. <laughs> it's the it's the eight day festival for the senses here in Adelaide at the moment, viewers. We have got the Tasting uh, Australia event, which brings out all the best chefs in the country and some overseas people in all sorts of um, foodie type uh, events. Uh, that run right through from uh, this coming uh, Saturday right through to da, 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 Sunday the 2nd and on and on and on and on and on. But uh, there's lunches, dinners, people, oh, unreal. On Saturday the 1st of May, just to give you an idea, Maggie Beer, Andrew Orsini and Pauline, and po, yeah, from uh, Pauline. Booth. <laughs> What about if she married Bernard H. Booth? She'd be polling Booth. Oh dear. Okay. 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 Whatever. Anyway, I've got, got a couple of books here that uh, I bought today. Rotis. Rotis. Uh, look, it's not too bad from Mary Martin Butcher. I, 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 whatever. Can't play that. Rotis. Rotis. Is it for cooking in circles? <sighs> Idiot. Look, I just think that it's actually quite cool. Very cool. Nicely. I bought, uh, it's very nice. Thomas Keller's uh, French Laundry book, uh, 115 Smackaroos, uh, from uh, Yountville, which we have been to. We uh, have, in the Napa Valley. The US, yes. Uh, very nice up there, and, and one of the, the finest restaurants in the world. But it's not that I'm into that sort of shit. Um, As a role. El Bully, the famous uh, Spanish molecular restaurant, is shutting for two years. Um, yeah. yeah, you even heard of I it. I did hear it. And the number one yeah. restaurant in the world is now in Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Owned by Lars. Is it owned by Lars? <laughs> oh, I never knew that. I never told that. Really. No, I know. I spoke yeah. to him the other night. He said, come up and cook for me. Well, I said, well, there you go. Well, if, if you're going over there, can you bring... I might as well be the chef. Well, can you be a... Um, can bring you a believe the people we know? This is very good, viewers, because this um, rotis that uh, Hardy's found here, he's got all these tips in, like how to tie a beef roast, how to tie a chicken. It's, uh, it's, it's got pictures, and yeah. it, it, the front cover even it, I can work. Look, it out. the front cover almost looks like where would you? It almost looks like it's a got, cartoon. With it's cartoony, line. and like, the dog would like it because it's got a bone on it, and lots of animal icons. Mate, uh, moff to Europe moff to. on Tuesday to Spa. For the thousand K race with uh, Alan uh, Semel Saul mm. and Dominic Farbo, following directly straight on to the twenty-four hour of Nurburg, of which uh, Rick Shaw, ah oh, Rick, will be Rick uh, or uh, or and, and <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, won't be talking out the side of his Aston Martin as badly as the poor bloke. Uh, um, who in oh, last weekend's yeah, VLN race yeah. was killed mm, um, crashing the car at uh, an unusual part of the track which I can't really describe because I don't know it well enough I've been there but I don't I can't identify but um, it landed on his roof and uh, succumbed yeah. to, uh, to fumes very very sad the VLN race was, was cut short with Alan and uh, Dominic running 8 but I didn't know this that at Nürburgring even in the 24 hour they don't have flag marshals around the place like normal races do it's just that it's just large. too big and uh, Alan was saying that for every four every lap he went around mm -hmm. there were three or four or five yellow flags local yellow flags every lap with people <laughs> crashed and bashed <laughs> everywhere and it's obviously a survival of, of, of the fittest so that, that, that should be a, a beauty. Uh, there'll be a, 
Don't awesome know how we're going to be doing the, the reports. Um, yep. The folks are up in up in the north. This uh, Ipswich. Yeah, dip switch. Yep, he's doing that. Um, and so I suppose, uh, I suppose, pretty Ooh. much that, that's, that's it for the show. Other than um, last, I've got a recipe for bit. you. Yep. And you've got a recipe for me because we've both been recently enjoying this unbelievably great Spears Creek lamb. Oh yeah. Uh, Dorper lamb. I don't know why they call it Dorper lamb, but it's uh, it's down from uh, from uh, from Port Augusta. Uh, a place yep. that you, you, you like seeing the goodbye to <laughs> when you leave. That's right. And you find that your petrol's a little dearer than usual. Speed um, land. Yeah, very nice. On the edge of the Flinders Ranges, you see, that's why. Naturally seasoned. Oh, I've got a nice marinated butterflied leg of lamb here. So, with salsa verde, no less. Red wine, extra virgin olive oil. Oh, it's deluxe. Garlic cloves, Dijon mustard, basil, mint and parsley. It's all here, I tell you. It's you can't, all You here. can't give him a heads up, viewers, can you? I mean, you go, you hand him a card and say, listen, idiot. I'm not going to read it. I refuse no, to no, read no, it. No, 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 no. I'm telling you. You what? give him a card, he go, look, hello, look like you're meant to know this stuff. And he goes, oh, well, look, I think I'll have a bit of a read of it. He couldn't just go along and say, look, those uh, Spears Creek lamb, some dorpiness. Uh, they're they're <laughs> growing on the edge Shut of the... Uh, Flinders Rangers, you know. Which is what I just said. Naturally seasoned. Yeah. I just said all that. So why have you repeated it? Because you didn't mention the salt bush or the native grasses or the extensive natural grazing and and the fact that it's very, very lean. You didn't mention any of that. You didn't mention the fact that this is a mouth-watering dish (laughs) and and, and prunes. And how much have they paid you? (laughs) Less than Steve Jobs. (laughs) And prunes. Prunes, prunes, which give you a huge run for your money like licorice, <laughs> play a small part in this dish. Ingredients, write it down, viewers. Here oh, okay. roasted roll, shoulder of lamb with pancetta, capers and prunes. One tablespoon of olive oil, followed by a small brown onion, peeled and chopped. Pick a nice one. 50 grams of pancetta. Go to your, go to your supermarket and ask them to cut it a little bit thicker like bacon. There's a hot one, the plain one and cut it into small cubes. Don't do that, use it as full chunks. Don't listen to what they say here. Two cloves of garlic, peeled and crushed. Just peel them, smash them. Put the knife on and they'll bust open, you'll get it right. 70, 70 grams, of 70 kilos of breadcrumbs. Some rosemary from the backyard, just if you're down here, we'll tell you, Radio Hotler, this is Lamb Roast House. Some uh, lamb, lamb or lemon thyme. Lamb fresh for those who remember the soap. Uh, two tablespoons of baby salted capers, rinsed, and uh, forty-five capers. grams, forty-five, not forty-six or forty-four, of pitted, pitted, chopped with nuts, nuts, one egg, lightly beaten, like underbelly star, sea salt, Murray River. Of course, fresh ground black pepper, blah, 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 blah. all the day old Spear Creek, dorperlamb.com.au. Anyway, that's a good idea. It is. We reckon it's good, it's and we good. get it from our little people up the road. Not that they're that, that small, but they did provide those luxurious little chopevus. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's great that they can give these, uh, these recipes away too, so that you actually uh, know how to cook the product properly. Any more. Tech. Oh, yes. 
could just sneak in an extra bit in now, eh? Oh, well, if you're going to sneak an extra bit of tech in, I'm going to tell the viewers that yep. Hostworks, who are based here in Adelaide uh, and actually grew and developed Hostworks, here, Hostworks have yes. gone and said, we're not involved with a football team no more. We're not involved with a football team. Yes, they they were the main one of the main sponsors of the Storm. Ah, oh, yeah. Well, that's well, true. They know, were, yeah. Is there any relation but, to Storm so, NRL or Storm Financial? Well, there was definitely a Storm, and it wasn't in a teacup. Um, but they've um, they've given the uh, the um, NRL the flick and the Storm the flick because they're going to um, back the World Cup. Uh, they're going to uh, do the SBS website, the World Game, and they reckon that they get more than a million unique visitors and 40 million page impressions. So uh, it's a pretty big coup for uh, for us here in South Australia and for Hostworks themselves. So um, be an interesting bit of growth because they're no longer, of course, owned by uh, um, privately owned here in South Australia. They've uh, been acquired by Broadcast Australia, I think, in 2008. So. Uh, but huge, huge project, and they're supporting so the World Cup 2010. Find it all on uh, the Hostworks uh, and SBS um, website, the World Game. Data works. You said Hostworks. No, Hostworks. Well, who's Dataworks? I don't know. You just said that. No, I didn't. I said Hostworks. You've made a mistake. The World Game. I heard it clearly. You did. Or was not. it the San Antoine talking? Shut up. I haven't even had one yet. <coughs> you yet? Or listening. Oh, maybe, maybe it's your ears. That was episode 154 of Radio Hotline. It was. Stand by next week for probably some very interesting chats and quite silly, no doubt, with Dominic Farnbarker and Alan Simonson on the eve of the second round of the Le Mans series uh, World Championship uh, Galactic uh, Sports Car event. European. Where there will be no less than, I think, eight diesels there. Yep. Uh, four Peugeot and four Audi, one, three factory cars and one uh, a Pescarolo Matmut run entry with uh, three of the R15s yep. um, from Audi run by Yerst or perhaps two, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. It's going to be the massive battle of the diesel, a great place, the Ardennes, um, outside Spa, funnily enough. Yeah. <laughs> And <laughs> it's a nice place that you haven't enjoyed, but uh, wet up one end of the circuit and dry down the other. Good sausages, beer, women, a bit of... <laughs> and vino. And accordion. And light vino. Yes, yep. that will be all handled there prior to the event, probably a little bit of schmearage during the event. Hopefully yep. it'll be a good uh, event for the Hankook Ferrari 430 Absolutely. GT3. GT2 team probably it won't be only because the basis that they're very up against like oh, yeah, Dunlop yeah. Pirelli and Michelin in their own amphitheatre with a, a huge uh, um, inroad I mean the times are so small but then a following week after a few sausage dog chats <laughs> and some more Spargel which is white asparagus we'll be uh, travelling directly to Nurburgring. They'll be hanging out with the Rickles yep. and uh, there'll be lots of excuses. They could see Rick. There you go. So, well, good luck to all the drivers, of course, and to yourself. And have a wonderful trip. Ciao for now. Okay, good night, kids.
this is a good move. No, we can show the name. 